Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast that loves you as much as you love it. My name is Stuart. I am running the game. I'm the GM, the Games Master for this season four, episode four of the podcast. And I've I've got a I've got a stuffed toy here. It's a, it's a it's a penguin, a penguin called Mister Mister Frostyberg. I love him. I squeeze him. I give him voices. Many voices, many NPC voices. Uh, Ali, do you have someone that you've brought to this this stuffed toy tea party? Oh, I, I actually do have someone uh, that I brought to this this tea party. It is a hedgehog that oh. is quite spiky, but also totally cute. And I call him Kenny Mullet. Hmm. Um, and I've decided that this little hedgehog is on a quest to find out more about his weird pokey powers. But he's a kind and pathetic person. And he's got a little, he's got a team of Pokemon to help him. I was going to go with the keep the hedgehog thing, but I thought it might be confusing. I, I, I want to hear this, Ali, but also I'd love to know how you would have gone deeper with the hedgehog thing. I just, just conceptually. Yeah. <laughs> what I would have tried to do is rather than call them all different hedgehogs, uh-huh, go for like uh-huh. hedgehog adjacent creatures. I thought you were going to go like genus, familiar, order, go right <laughs> down the sort of biological tree. That would have been fantastic. But instead, I'm just going to say what Pokemon he has. And okay. that is a Decidueye called Bowtie, a Gyarados called Moustache, a Honchkrow called Fedora, a Sanandit called Hoops, a Spiritomb called Swirly, Galvantula called uh, Fleek, and a Kamoo called King Thrush. And I'm just going to take, uh, make my hedgehog called Kenny Mullet take some imaginary tea being poured into my teacup by none other than David Leavesley. David, who are you bringing to the party? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Ali. And hello to you, lovely hedgehog. Hello to you, Mr. Frostyberg. I have brought here a very special limited edition Ocarina of Time Kapora Gabora plushie because what says non-binary and sarcastic <laughs> church member than the wisecracking owl from the classic Zelda game? <laughs> is it a David intro without a niche 90s pop culture reference? The argument is, no, it's not. I shouldn't be yeah. referring to Kapora by that, by their former name. They are now Theo, my delightful avatar into the world of Formia. And on Theo's team are their own team of sages in the Temple of Time. Okay, then we'll go with it. Uh, we have <laughs> Medicham. We sure have you don't, Kabuto. sure you don't want to do hedgehogs, David? Are you sure? Uh, well, okay. We have got the Mrs. Fezziwig, Medicham. We've got Sonic, the Swadloop. No, I'm not going to... I'm not going the whole way. We have got Medicham. We have got Swadloon. We have got the inexplicably still not evolved Kabuto. I'm not going to make a thing out of it. I just think it's now important I do it so that Stuart knows what to do if I happen to roll an 11 or a 12. Uh, we have Togekiss. We have Brobaracle. We have Jason the Combi. And we have a Slowpoke. And now that I've delighted all of us, I'm now going to ask if milk or cream or sugar will be necessary for Tom and his little companion. Thank you very much, David. Actually, this isn't this isn't my little companion. I realised uh, that was a huge, huge mistake. And um, oh, actually, this is um, this is Mr. <laughs> Frostyberg's little companion. It's actually Mr. Frostyberg's tiny frosty hedgehog. That's their name. So, Mr. Frostyberg, I'm so sorry that you and Hedgehog had to come here without your shared child, Mr. Frostyberg, tiny hedgehog. So what? What? So, Mr. Frostyberg, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, what? you're going to need to go into more details. This has got big Neopets, pet pets, pet pet pets energy. In this imaginary situation, me and Stu brought cuddly toys to an imaginary tea party, and you brought their child. What exactly? And what I'm saying is, is the child alive? Is the child sentient, Tom? 
Mr. Frostyberg and Hedgehog have had been having relations, and that's why we can't name any other hedgehogs because Hedgehog was the last of its species. Exactly. Wait, wait. So in this world, the Hedgehog was the final Hedgehog, and has now created a homunculus penguin hedgehog hybrid, which now you are voicing. <laughs> Mr. Frostyberg, and it's the tiny future hedgehog. of the species. Okay, I'm now with you. I thought you played Brandy, mate. What's going on here? Well, well, hold on. We're getting we're getting there. So follow me here, Mr. Frostyberg, tiny hedgehog. <laughs> we're trying to. The road looks very unsafe. Uh, feels unsafe and needs their compadre and is going to just get a Skype up Skype call up quickly to their confidant who is Brandy the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion who has a Pokemon group on her team who can always help in a time of crisis they include Wimpy the Lopany they include uh, Gary the Scroopy Snorly Odie the Munchlax Dr. Bunnelby PhD the Bunnelby Flower the Meltan and Lightning McQueen Mr. Frostyberg Tiny Hedgehog I hope you now feel safe with your parents and, of course, the Zelda owl as well is also here. <laughs> I mean, I guess Mr. Frostyberg, who is dying, takes the hands of everyone at the tea party and says, I hope Whoa. you'll continue my legacy, especially you, my child. Mr. Frostyberg, Tani Herschog, you must carry on the legacy of all the Gwyns and just remember to take note about what came before. Previously on Critical Ditto. So, you've said you're going to comb over town. Maybe it takes a day. Maybe we have to camp overnight somewhere. Lopany looks tired. I'm sorry, Lopany. We can't take a break. Do you want the same thing to happen again? Not afraid to just waltz in? We're going to toughen up. Theo, you and Brandy, what would it take for you to forgive? I just want to be able to be angry at something. Kenny, you're home. You see Luan, Rodri, Tallulah, and Blab and Farb. Kennyfest. Brandy and Theo, you find yourself falling to the front of Kennyfest. I'm going to go check on that hooded person over there. Brandy, you've got to come to the local pub. Brandy is hoisted by Blab and Farm. Kenny, you enter your home. Hi, Mum and Dad. I could have looked after you. I could have protected you. I am on a knife edge, Dad. I didn't need you then, but I need you now. And Benny embraces his son. Theo sends out Kabuto to Shady Book Hoods, pull the hood back. Tight bun that you recognise very well. Asta, um, honey's missing. Please help. I have nowhere else to turn. Brandy, at this lock-in. Guess what? Kenny can't make decisions for everyone. Okay, but why do you follow him then? The door slams open. Margot of the Elite Four, flanked by Heron and Bash. Kenny Mullet, hand him over to us. Blab? Yeah? Hold my crutches. My lovely dits, we are going to open in that same scene. The one that we hung the cliff. Brandy. You have been faced with Elite Four member Margot, dressed, coiffed in a World War II-era aviator outfit, hair pristine, face stern, cheekbones high, and her decidui, smartlet, arrival of bow ties, who is now semi-featherless, a naked, awful beast. Flanking Margot are Bash and Heron. Heron, your one-time rival, the heir in his own mind, to the Pokemon champion throne. Dressed fully in his Pokemon League outfit. Tracksuits. Bash and Heron are in the Pokemon League tracksuits. It's something between the the sword and shield trainer outfits and a a Formula One Mm full-body suit covered in sponsors. All of them ready their Pokeballs. Their extreme balls. Brandy, the last thing Margot said to you was, where is Kenny Mullet? Bring him to me. And you seem to offer a challenge, Brandy. What are you doing? If you want Kenny Mullet... You're going to have to go through 
Brandy Flash. Kenny doesn't deal with the likes of you anymore. He's too busy trying to save the planet, which if you guys had helped, it might be a lot easier, but you're not. So guess what? you got to go through me first. And Blob and Fob. You right? Right, guys? Well, uh, sorry, well, I don't know if I was uh, sort of defined as a competitor here. I turn around and Blob and Fob are just gone. We're gone. We went to the rooms upstairs. We're reading a comic under the mattress. You've got a sort of a can with a piece of string that's dangling down the stairs that you're speaking through. The can is a moving mouth. I pick up the can and I say, you know what, guys? What's that, Brandy? Do you think this is what Kenny would do? And then Brandy thinks for a second and goes, this is 100% what Kenny yeah, would do. Yeah, we'd go under a bed and uh, and uh, read a comic. Okay, Margot takes a step towards you, Brandy. And who are you? I've just introduced myself. Brandy Flash. I told you. That name is utterly meaningless. A relation of, of Cassius? Is that correct? It doesn't matter who I'm related to. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter who I am. The only thing you need to know is that you can't talk to Kenny Mullet without going through me. Yes, but I think the situation here is that you believe yourself to be of some import. And I look at you and I see a meaningless trainer. Where? How many badges do you have? I've got... Okay, well, look. Badges, How many badges? badges what is your rank? Come into it because I've been I've been doing other quests that have probably equaled badges. So I think, in terms of general, if you were to look at my journey and ascribe a number of badges to them rather than the actual number of badges, I think my expected badges is what I'm saying is four. Margot grabs your collar and and peels back the inside of your collar. She says one badge, a single exo badge. This is it. This is the sum of your. Your adventures, your journey. But as I said, my expected badges is more like four. I've just been sidetracked she pushes with you the back. fate of the planet. Ugh. You do not matter. And frankly, it's not worth my time. I'm an Elite Four member and you are nothing. Heron, Bash, handle any unpleasantness here. I'm going to go and find a Kenny. Oh, you're not going anywhere. I throw out... Oh, I mean, I have to pick which four Pokemon I've brought with me, right? Yes, I suppose we do have to reveal active teams. I've not brought Lightning McQueen. I've not brought Dr. Bunnelby because I feel like we did them. So who have you got? So I've got Lopini, Skaroopy, Munchlax and um, Meltan. So who's who are you throwing out, Brandy? Wimpy, go! I'm going to throw Lopini out. I'm going to ask Lopini to throw what? a table no, no. to try and block the door. Block that door with a table! Ooh, this is a roll. I sort of feel like it's a Brandy roll. I sort of feel like an act under pressure. Plus cool. Okay. Brandy's cool is plus two. A five... And a two plus a two, so it's a nine. Nine, mixed success. Okay. So what are you doing? You're trying to block the door. I'm trying to block the door. Okay. Your mixed success here is that you you do block the door. It traps Heron and Bash. Heron and Bash can't get out. They are stuck in the bar. Oh, I see. Okay. But I think Margot is able to slip by. She flew over it. <laughs> Smartlet flies her over before yeah. saluting you, disappears out the door just as this table crashes and blocks the exit for Heron and Bash, who are now within this bar setup. Any patrons who are in there, what do we think's happened to them? Are they still within? Are they trapped within as well? Is that an added difficulty? They are under the bed with Blob and Farb. Everyone's gone upstairs. Yeah. They fled I with the barkeep. Come to my rooms. Everybody read this comic. The innkeeper, in order to distract the patrons from the possible ruckus, has handed out a copy of Hedroll's webcomic. Yes. Hedroll Nouncer's webcomic Correct. to every patron right. in the hope that they will be so absorbed that they will be able to ignore the battle happening downstairs and resume their drinks after the fact. David, how many how many patrons are upstairs reading Hedroll Nouncer's webcomic? Uh, 49. <laughs> That's such a silly number. 49! <laughs> 
This is such is a popular such... bar. <laughs> Home of a town, famously tiny little reclusive farming well, village. Well, it's all full of what yeah. would Kenny do's. They're all there for the Kenny Fest. <laughs> yeah, blab and far, but like the generals. And I do like the yes. idea that it's a single it's a single file staircase. So they're all just filing up very slowly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like a, it's like that uh, Marx Brothers movie where they all try and pile into one dressing room. That's what it's like. So to clarify, everyone is now the, the, the bar is empty. Bar Baron Baron Heron Bash and Brandy. Is that correct? And Baron. Baron. I'm afraid this is quite the game. <laughs> A game of life and death, is it? Well, I will wait here in the corner and it's watch. Time to even the odds. Heron. <laughs> Heron. Heron turns the Baron to Baron. Bismarck arrives. <laughs> What's your stake? What's your stake in this, Baron? What do you? What do you? What is your take in this? Do you, have a, do you have a horse in the game? Only the horse called life and excitement. That's the horse I always back. As the gym leader of Comover Town, that's right, oh! I've just named myself the gym leader of Comover Town. We don't even have a gym. Uh, I'm that I've rich not, and powerful. I've not collected the Comover Town gym yet. Baron von Bismarck. And you shan't collect it. No one has collected my badge. I've only just made it. <laughs> I don't have any Pokemon, by the way. I'm Baron just... has fashioned a badge out of a beer mat on the table. Remember? Life is always a great adventure. And then he walks up the stairs, slowly. <laughs> what a... What a ca- <laughs> well, what? we hardly knew ye. That's a wrap <laughs> on Baron von Bismarck, everybody. Round for Baron. Round for Baron if von Bismarck. If we're looking to nominate Baron for an Emmy, that's well the done, Baron. Well for. done. <laughs> you see as well, Brandy is kind of zoned out and seen that she failed to stop Margot getting out. She's actually shouting at Wimpy. That wasn't fast enough, Wimpy. That's not good enough. If we... Wimpy, when I say to do something, you need to do it immediately. Lopening. That is the only way. Opening. Now, come on. Opening. Get your head in the game. We're not playing anymore, right? Bash turns to you, Brandy. Brandy, calm down. Listen, we don't have to do this. We don't have to fight. You can just surrender to the league. We, we, we're not here for combat. We're here to, to do the logical thing. You think we've been through all we've been through to surrender to the league? The people who are trying to force Pokemon into being captured and used. They are doing such awful things, Bash. I can't believe you're on their side and even considering battling me in the name of the Pokemon League. What is your issue with the league? Look, look in your hand right now, the silver cage that gives no choice, that removes the bond between Pokeball and Trainer. Have you ever wondered, Brandy, whether maybe that's for the best? Have you ever thought about the big picture? I haven't been thinking about the big picture, but now I am. Recent events have made me think about the big picture, and guess what the big picture is for me? I don't matter. All I need to do is put myself on the line for the greater good. And if that means stopping you right here, right now, that's what I'm going to do. We are the greater good. Prove it. Go, Lopening. Okay, Bash throws out a Patreon and Heron throws out a Porygon Z. Ooh! Heron. Give us Patreons too. That's a great idea, Ali. Oh, God, what's Patreon? <laughs> oh, you got a carte blanche here, mate. Cha ching! Cha ching! <laughs> cash, cash, cash! Tick, 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 ting! Patreon! This is a very rogue Pokemon for such a Absolutely. boring character. For a reminder, and for those who, who maybe skipped a particular midsection one time, this is from Audrey Resendiz, who submitted this for a midsection recently. This is Patreon, the normal type evolution of Eevee, which is owned by Bash. 
Perrin sends out a Paragon Zed. Both of them are coming directly for you locally. Is this cool having a two-on-one, or do we think we I should think allow so. Brandy? Okay, okay. I, I was going to so. maybe let you release two Pokemon, but let's see how this goes. Tom wants to punish himself. This is Brandy's work. Heron steps in. Let me show how much further I am from you than even I was in that tree. Porygon, try attack. Bash is going in for a Patreon payday. Let's go payday. The Baron comes back down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it just got more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a wager? <laughs> <laughs> Lopany is going to do a new move that Lopany was practicing in the canopy, going to try and avoid both attacks using bounce, the flying type move, by jumping super high over both and landing crash hard. And she's going to go for Patreon because they just had that moment, her and Bash. She wants to crush Bash first. Okay, dice roll. So this is plus physical attack. Plus physical attack, which is plus two. Five plus a three this time. Plus a two. So that's a oh. ten. Oh, so yes. Oh, Good start. Yes. And Brandy's really harsh about it. Low pretty bounce. Higher, higher. Is there a physical element to to Brandy's encouragement, or is it purely vocal? It's purely vocal at this point. Okay, understood, understood. So does that mean you do damage and take none in return, correct? Exactly. So Lopany, still annoyed at themselves for the failure to trap Margot, bounces between the walls, because we're inside, so it's actually bouncing off walls, and the try attack just keeps missing, and the Mm. payday, so the coins are flying everywhere, but Lopany is managing to dodge really well and finds that opening. Lopany sees between the coins and the fire and the lightning and the water. But if two moves are coming at you, you are going to have to roll against the try attack as well. Right. Otherwise, there's no point in you facing two, I think. So, so should we resolve payday first? I think resolve, yeah, resolve this payday on the Patreon, and then we'll, we'll look at the try attack. How do we do damage again? You are at evolution stage two, yeah. which Patreon also is. So you're on plus two, no pluses and minuses for being higher or lower. And then it's just, is it super effective? Which it's not bounce on a normal type. So then you're just two plus your D4. It's a three on the D4. Oh! It's a five. Nice. What I've done with Patreon is just double Eevee's harm capacity. Eevee has a harm capacity of three, so I've doubled that to six. So now Patreon is only on one harm, but it's clinging on, just about clinging on, having been landed on with this vicious, brutal bounce from Lopany and its thick legs. However, as soon as Lopany turns, lands, and just gains their balance, you see this horrible, icy, electric, fiery beam being fired by Heron's Porygon Zed, and it's coming straight for you aiming just past the staircase. What does Lopeny do to respond? Lopeny responds after the bounce, breathing heavily because that was an intense bounce. Brandy is going to instruct, keep bouncing, I didn't say stop. And (laughs) and it's not funny, it's not funny. It's not funny, it's very serious scene. (laughs) I'm just imagining like spring boot Lopeny's like, don't lose momentum, you will fall over. (laughs) Yeah, you need to keep up the centrifugal force. Uh, This time, less good. Four plus a one plus a two, so that's a seven. So it's a mixed success. We're both going to do damage. Okay, so let's work out Porygon's damage. So Porygon Z is a stage three, so it is higher. So that's three plus one, so four. It's not super effective try attack, so four plus a d4. How does Heron do? <gasps> it's a four. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ooh. But let's do Lopanese, because obviously they're both going to do damage to each other. So three plus a d4. Oh, it's a four. So, so that's three plus four, so seven. Seven. Oh my goodness. Well, I can reveal now, Tom, that the harm capacity of Porygon Z is five. The harm capacity for Lopany is six. Oh, so it's a double KO. Oh. oh, what does this look like then? So the beam, a consistent beam, 
and yeah. could maybe follow the arc of Lopany in the air. So the beam is following and then actually going to cut Lopany off. So mm. Lopany has to make a decision. It's like, yep. right, I need to just take my chance. So bounces off one of the walls straight towards the Porygon Z. And Porygon Z moves the beam just before Lopany hits. The momentum's too great, so Lopany hits Porygon at the exact same time as the beam. They take it straight in the face. Lopany, fearless in this moment, furiously trying to please their trainer and to, and to push themselves to the limit, takes the tri-attack right to the face as oh. they bounce their ears straight into Porygon Z and both fly backwards out of the tavern. Can I suggest that Lopany lands at your feet, Brandy? Yeah. And looks up at you with eyes as if, was that enough? Did I do okay? <laughs> Brandy scoffs. When are we going to get stronger? Lopany returns. Who's that Pokemon? Patreon. Start to pee. I shouldn't have gone for the tea. That's why you got the big mug, Ali. Don't look at my big mug. You're a mug. You're a mug. Wow, this is it. This is how it falls apart. Hey, this big is mug. Ono moment. Hey, big it's mug. A mug. I want to put my mouth around you, big <laughs> David, do you think modern plays are getting a bit too preachy? Shh, I think they're going to start kissing soon. If only there was more mugs. Oh no, it's not happening. Yeah, this, this is really bad. <laughs> do you want to watch a midsection instead? It's playing. It's playing next door. Oh, if you think that's going to be better dialogue, fine. I guess this really is. Oof. Sorry. Well, I mean, maybe there's. Maybe they'll. Thank maybe you they'll nail the it with a killer line. Mug by Ali Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Edinburgh Fringe has really gone uphill. <laughs> Welcome to the midsection. Today we have a character from Sound the Patreon Champion Horn. <laughs> this midsection character comes from one of the champions on our Discord, Huxley Spicer. And Huxley writes, Hey guys, I absolutely love your podcast and your collaborative storytelling style. I have been running my own Pokemon D&D campaign for a few years now and would like to offer one of my NPCs. His name is Albis. And he is a private investigator with a thick, with two Cs, Scottish accent. He has dark skin and moppy brown hair, wears a three-piece suit with a large brown duster coat over it. He is tall and lean and has a tense posture. Albus takes on petty jobs such as, is my husband cheating on me? All the way to the big jobs for mega corporations, for the right price. He is a quick-tempered character who in my campaign always seems to be crossing paths with the players. Well, <laughs> Big ask. Big, big ask. ask. Big wait, ask. Wait, wait, like, NPCs can do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Albus's true goal is to find his father who mysteriously vanished some time ago. He suspects foul play. What kind of private investigator loses their own dad? Am I right? <laughs> that is bad private investigation. I mean, you'd think that would be the key people to keep an eye on as a private uh, Well, unless their dad is a particularly sneaky, hide, a good hide hiding person. champion. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now I'm sensing this character. Prove yourself, son. Find me. <laughs> And Why do I have respect. such a thick Scottish accent and my dad is so so chocolatey in voice? I'm sorry, do you have a thick Scottish accent? I do. <laughs> Can't you hear it? I'm too busy doing my private investigating. Okay, it's your mother, the one who um, gave you the accent. I see, and so me dad must have run away or left when I was a baby. A baby. Sorry, can we just check how many Scottish listeners we had at the start of this episode? Oh, it's going down. It's going down. The bar graph. Looking at the live. Yeah, they are. Mm. They're they're tuning out. So we have another detective character. We have Cassius Cassius Case Case Clear. Clear. We also have 
Sage and onion. <laughs> what was sage it called? Sage and onion. Juniper and juniper and sage. Although they sage and onion. They can either find your missing parent or they are great in a row. I see that you really see them as the stuffing of the podcast. Are you sure? Are you sure it was sage and onion stew and not Chinese five spice? <laughs> are they? Are juniper and sage fictional or are they real detectives in the world? I think, I think they, they were. Real, they? I they thought were they real. were a TV show. No, they were based. Oh, no, they were based on Rosemary and Time. Gotcha. I've had a TV show, but a reality TV. Oh, a reality more selling sunset than Poirot. Okay, love yeah. that. Right, right, right. In the same way there's a council of dark gym leaders, do we now have a council of detectives? I think, I think that's just called an agency. <laughs> oh, <Or> police force. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. There's a rival police force being well, gearing up in, then in isn't Formia. That thing, at Formia currently has no police force. That was something we said very early on, yeah, wasn't it? That yeah, it was yeah. all about this, this trainer ranking system. Mm. So maybe there's some a rogue group who were like, do you know what? We need detectives. <laughs> there is a need for proper trained investigative people with growlets. Of course. Mm. Necessary. Always. Do we think this person is part of that group or maybe head of that group? I or? do, I do. And I think they got in because Albus specializes in finding adulterers. Did Juniper cheat on Sage? Are the calls coming from inside the house? They're having to solve their own. The detectives oh are having to solve their own crime. I, I like I'm right? into it. So maybe Juniper, who I assume is in a relationship with Sage, they're they're always together. No, Sage was in a relationship with Onion. That's where you got. <laughs> well, no, Onion you, was the Onion was, onion the, other was the other party. Oh my onion god! Onion was the other party. So <laughs> you cheated on me with James Bloody Onion. Wait, are oh, you Scottish too? Juniper and Sage are also Scottish. You have to talk in a Scottish accent to be part of the detective league. <laughs> It's that's the name. That's the name of the detective league. It's Ochai. Ochai. Ochai PA. Ochai PA. That's it. There okay, so there is this private investigators league within Formia who are kind of banded together as an agency, but they're coming apart the seams, mm. you might say. Yeah. I would, I'd imagine they'd do a lot of their work in Tapu Dhabi. Built up city. Yeah. Lots of yeah. people there. Yeah. Is Albus's dad groundskeeper Billy? Mm. He's huge. Albus's dad, groundskeeper he Billy. He was Scottish. He was Scottish I, and was, was also a Zororic. So he disappeared. <laughs> so he disappeared. Oh, and my Zoro gosh. And I, Zororic, obviously, Frey Zororic, who we know is able to take on the shape of various things and had, as previously discussed, well, within the podcast, we saw that Zororic was groundskeeper Billy. Mm. So what if there was a real groundskeeper Billy that Zororic kidnapped assumed. or assumed that yeah. person? That's what happened. So where's groundskeeper Billy now? Tending the gardens in the Great White Way. <laughs> Are they Broadway? dead? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask. Oh, oh hi, P.I. If you would like to become a member of the champion tier, go to discord.com forward slash critical ditto. What? Discord? 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 <laughs> Discord got to do oh, God. Patreon. Oh, no. <laughs> You need to go to www. I mean, I mean, you can go to the Discord. It is fun. Do <laughs> yeah, do, that, do, do well. that as well. But go to www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto where you could get a priority midsection in and we will discuss it before anyone else is. Thank you for that um, impromptu um, improv from the audience. But um, we'd David, like to. David, carry why did we come back here? Finishing, finishing I heard that they make out in the second half. the mug. Oh, okay. I is smashed you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You were right, David. This was worth staying for. Much better than Magic Mike Live. <laughs> it's weird that Magic both... Mike Live? Magic, Magic Mike Live! Magic Mike XXL with Ali's, the size of Ali's mug. Oh, it's getting weird. Let's, let's end the midsection. Tom, stop looking at my mug. Who's that Pokemon? It's Patreon. Mm.
Okay, let's go to Theo. Theo, you have just had this interaction with Asta. Asta has revealed yeah. that Professor Honey is missing. She's desperate. She's yeah. looking for help, and she's she's turned to the one place where she thinks she can find it in 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 you, the Sophlotsals, the ones who have had a relationship with Honey and Asta and know the stakes in, involving Andros. She's found you. She's located you in a way that only she could, and has just questioned a lot about how you felt at the start of season four. She is looking to head back to the centre of Comover Town, but is allowing you a, a moment of space as she begins the walk. Asta knows that maybe Theo might just need a moment. I ask you, Theo, you're here at, at a church. We said a church, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the only church that I know of in, in the region of Formia is the Church of Slaslo. So I have to assume oh, yeah. that it's some kind of small monastery or, or a shrine Big even time. to Sloking. Tom, what do we think this, this small place of worship what is the most iconic feature of it? The most iconic feature is that there is a human-sized statue, but it is of a slowpoke, and the slowpoke is reaching out their tail towards a book on the top shelf of a bookcase. Sounds like a very traditional Church of Slaslo sculpture. Probably one, Theo, that you've seen many times in the halls of, of Surfalot Tower. My question to you, Theo, is how do you leave this shrine? Do you leave this shrine? Do you pay your respects? Theo goes in, in part because of the conversation that Theo's has had with, with Asta. It's, it's caused a lot of questions about sort of autonomy and ownership into question. And I think that that is inevitably in Theo's mind connected with ideas of the Church of Sloking. So I think Theo goes in, sees the familiar statue of the Slowpoke, sees the tail pointing at the book. And this time it's not that interested in what the Slowpoke is gesturing at a follower taking. And instead sort of instinctively takes Togekiss's box out of their bandolier and puts it in the mouth of the slowpoke, kneels in front of it and says, if there was ever a moment you were going to finally pick me, please make it now. I think this is a role. I, I would agree. I sort of regret asking you what, 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 you, what you were going to say. <laughs> Oh, Slow okay. King just appears on the 12. You rang? Hi, Theo. Yes, I guess this is my <laughs> scene now. <laughs> okay. Okay, roll plus... Weird? Yeah, roll it feels weird. weird. Yeah, I think it does. It, does. Feel it feels very weird. Yeah, let's go with plus weird. I, in this situation, would I still roll sharp for weird or is that just sharp for powers? I think it's just weird. I think it's just, just weird. weird. Rolling. Theo is a plus one in weird, by the way. Okay. We've never known that. We've never seen oh, that. No. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. It's a two plus a one plus a one. I did. I didn't want this. What I was terrified for was the mixed success. That's what I was really scared about. So half of Sloking appears. Sloking. Sloking's butt. You can talk to Sloking's butt. The statue eats the Togekiss <laughs> box, and you never see Togekiss. Oh again. my god, a fail. Okay, I'm gonna. I think this is this. Whatever. Whatever the outcome of this, this is going to be a big role. Uh, here's an idea. Nothing happens in in the spiritual sense. But maybe something else bad does happen. Maybe Theo is attacked, and I know this is crazy for for our podcast. Never happens, but he's attacked by a wild Pokemon, a slacking who has made this oh. this shrine its home, like the antithesis of Sloking. It's almost as if Sloking has sent a message. Oh, okay. Or has Sloking. Theo could interpret it either way, but either way, it's a negative yeah. message. It's a here's a slacking for you Ugh, to fight. Gross. Here is everything yeah. that the church is not about. Here is a loafing, ignorant worthless creature so do we say that this shrine then is quite like run down if there's sort of a wild pokemon just living in it yeah squatting at the back behind the statue is a massive that the light has not hit 
Theo, until maybe the light from the from Togekiss's box just illuminates it a touch. Nothing happens at the shrine. There is no connection to Sloking. You feel nothing, no spirituality in that moment. But what that light does do is illuminate this who has been sleeping on the dais at the very back of the shrine. There's food that the slacking has been eating, bones cast onto the floor of the shrine. Books have been ripped apart. It's wiped its bum with some tomes. It, not the tomes. Just but tome some, replicas. Some tome replicas, some books. They are just in a corner somewhere. Like, the shrine is a mess. <laughs> Slacking. Rolls over, sees you, an interloper in its home, and although it almost can't be bothered, decides that it's worth the energy to just swipe you out of the shrine and comes in with a slash attack. Theo, how do you respond? Is there enough time to send out a Pokeball? I feel like I asked yes. every yeah, time. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's, this is a wild Pokemon, but you can use a Pokemon. Well, Theo, who is your active team? I suppose we should establish that Yes. first so and foremost. So my active team, Medicham, Swadloon, Bar- Barracle, and Togekiss. Oh, yeah. Kabuto benched! You've really, you have really given up on that evolution. So who comes out to defend against this slash? There's a moment of the hand being so close to Theo and Theo's face just being completely deadpan at the sight of it. And almost as if we don't see them release the Pokeball, Medicham's palm just comes to connect with the slash uh, already. Medicham, Medicham. You know what to do. Medicham is going to go for a high jump kick. Great. So like block and then into a sort of twisting flying kick. Oh, yeah. Roll plus physical attack for Medicham. Medicham's physical is one. Oh, it's a four and a five plus a one for a ten. Ooh. Full success. Heck yeah. Okay, so this is a higher evolution stage than Medicham. So Medicham is at two minus one. So we are on... Oh no, but this is super effective. So another yeah. plus. So it's two plus a D four. Roll that D four, baby. One. Uh, oh. Doing so well. oh, okay. So three, three damage. That's hey, that's something. So Medicham blocks this slash. You take no damage. Medicham takes no damage because the psychic barrier between palm and palm is so fantastically resolute. Bashes away the slash, giving you an opening, and Dunk connects with an absolutely blindsiding haymaker of a kick to the slacking side. Takes three damage, taking its harm capacity total down to four. Now, slacking is loafing around. I know this isn't in our system, but I will give you a free roll on what Medicham does next, Theo. Even if you fail, you're not going to take damage. Something bad might happen, but it will be Something bad might happen, but you, you won't take damage from the slacking if that makes sense. We'll find another way of narrating it so that slacking is loafing around. But you've defended that first blow. There is a moment of hiatus as the slacking recoils from its hit and is loafing around, trying to decide whether to come in for a second hit. Medicham is poised and ready. But how's Theo feeling right now? Theo looks at this slaking, who's kind of off being sort of lethargic over near the, near the poo tones. And um, looks and sort of smiles and turns back to the slowpoke and says, is this your message and then pauses takes Togekiss out of the mouth of the slowpoke and says actually it doesn't matter does it Medicham high jump kick again Cham roll plus physical please it's a one plus a two plus a one Ooh. it is a fail okay we can't damage 
Medicham in the yeah. traditional sense. But high jump kick does damage when it misses anyways. So maybe maybe that's the best way of narrating this, is that Medicham just misses. Ali, why do we think Medicham misses this particular high jump kick? What happens in the shrine? What happens with Slay King? The, the, the jump before they propel themselves towards slacking, Medicham landed on a banana peel that Slacking had thrown <laughs> to the side. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done, Ali. Simple, effective. No, but that's great. <laughs> slacking had gone to loaf around, lick its wounds, ate a banana, chucked it away, and it threw Medicham off their game. That's how, that's how slacking works, baby. That's how they work. <laughs> Medicham leaps into another absolutely cracking high jump kick, but their landing leg is thrown off balance by this slippery, slippery peel, and they crash into the pooey tone pile. Let's uh, let's work that out then. Just roll roll a d4, David, to see how much okay. damage Medicham does to themselves. It's a one. It's Whee! a one. I mean, that makes the dice and Hail sloking. Medicham actually does a very acrobatic double flip to get over the pooey pile and lands just on the other side, but scrapes their arm against a bit of jagged rock that slacking had been using as a scratching post. However, the slacking has now decided that, yeah, I want you out. You're a threat, you're an aggressor, and is coming in with a giga impact. Slacking's Hell Mary, and it's looking to just crush Medicham against that jagged piece of rock. Really squeeze the life out of Medicham. Slacking! Medicham, one last go. We've always said we're going to defeat Slay King. I guess now's the day we prove it. High jump kick. This is it. Come on, let's roll. Let's do this. Okay, so we're rolling. Adis. Oh. oh. Hail Slow King. It's a six out of five plus oh, a one for a full teased, 12, baby. baby. I love combat episodes. I don't know why we don't do them more often. <laughs> Let's calculate the damage, but I think I think we know that, that Slacking is going down here. Take no damage in return, so obviously you're fine. You've only taken one damage against a Slacking. My goodness, Medicham, you are cool. You are stage two. So it's one plus, so it's two. Do the D4. Oh, actually, because you're on two and you're rolling a D4, the harm capacity left of Slacking is four. So if you roll a one, that's the only way that slacking stays up. Did two include super effective? That includes super effective, unfortunately. Okay, come on. No baby. ones, no ones. I rolled a three. Yay! Yay! Theo, describe how Medicham dispatches of this slacking within its own domicile. Medicham is perched on the other side of this poo pile that Slaking has been uh, knocking around by and has suddenly decided to leap through it at a sort of blazing comet of normalcy. And uh, <laughs> Med... <laughs> Giga Impact, a blazing comet of normalcy. The only way to describe it. The wow. And, and Medicham goes for the standard move that ever since Medicham was a Meditite and Theo was training Meditite with books going, this is what you're going to become someday and you are going to be able to use this signature move and it's going to be really awesome. Medicham readies the most perfect kick that Medicham has ever sent. And this time the kick collides perfectly with the sort of aura-blazed face of the Slay King. And there's like a perfect slow-mo ripple of that foot just going right through that silly suit face. <laughs> and it goes crashing right into the bookcase, knocking all the books down. For a brief moment, for a brief tiny little second, if you may allow me a flourish to you. I'd uh, love you to, please. For the briefest of moments, there's just a voice that just goes, Well... Could have been an echo, could have been the breeze, could have been a voice. But it's just enough for Theo to be like, okay. And then you hear at the door, well, shall we go? Oh, Asta. Yes. You hear that in your head and then you're like, oh, wait. So Asta hits the entrance of the shrine. Well, Theo, shall we go? 
Something's going on in the town. Did you see that? Because that was quite impressive, actually. So I'd quite like it if you saw that. Uh, did not. Med- no, did not see that. What happened? No, oh, well, Med- Medicham just did a sort of perfect... Why are you standing next to a pile of... Um, hmm. Theo, shall we? Yes, sure, of course. Just another victory that nobody will ever see. Did I ever tell you about my time as Swadloon defeated a uh, lantern? There's um, no time, Theo. Come on. I, I, sh- I think I could fit it in quite quickly on our journeys <laughs> wherever you're taking us, but you, you decide. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear the 30-second version of Theo attempting to run next to us to, and tell the story of Swadloon. And it had a plus two from gaining advantage. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I created an advantage a second time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on with you and where you are. Well, I know you're in your house, and I know that you wanted to go back to your house. This was very much a Kenny-driven trip. This was a Kenny-led expedition. You had your chat with your father, but that was kind of an unexpected emotional catharsis. Kenny, why have you come home? Kenny wants to come home, well, what he hoped would be some peace and quiet and... Some R&R. Yeah, exactly. Formia. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I, he also does want to come back to see Dora. Dora nearly died. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's very much against the kind of combat-driven sort of tone of the episode, and I'm going to feel left out if I don't get a fight. But um, <laughs> what Kenny would do after kind of reconciling with his father is is ask to go up and see Dora. And fight Dora. And fight punch and Dora. Fight Dora. <laughs> Dora sends out Mewtwo. Dora is Mewtwo? I knew it all along. Okay, so you go up the creaky stairs of the mullet household. Kenny, you've ascended countless times before. Sometimes carrying carrots. Wait, the sister or the food? Yeah, yeah, both. And you go past your old room. Kenny, what does, it, what does your old room look like? Beanbags. Lots of beanbags. You slept on beanbags? Uh, yeah, or, the, or just the floor. Is there any floor or is it all beanbag? There is a small patch of floor which is covered with a plant. And there is a flute in the corner. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the things that I stupidly said Kenny did that I've never touched on again. He was into photography at one time. He was into photography. There is a camera gathering dust. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Is the plant in a pot alley or is it just a pile of soil in the middle of the floor that has something growing out of it? Because it's just like there's just a patch on the ground with the plant coming up that people don't actually know if it's just growing up from something underneath the beanbags. But people say, there's no room. There's no room under uh, the stairs. Where's that coming from? But they're like, it's it's better to bury your heads in the beanbags than actually dissect the problem. Then question Kenny's room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go past your old room, stir some memories of you flopping on beanbags. <laughs> with your dad just being like, Kenny, can you just go to your room for a bit? And it's just Kenny flopping. With pleasure, father. For three hours. I can take cameras of the plant. Wait, pictures of the plant. No, What's no, the take, no, take, take cameras. cameras. I can take cameras. <laughs> okay, you walk past your room, Kenny, and get to the end of the corridor. It's a jarring moment because it's almost like being back in that Ickery vision again that Frey showed you. But this time, it's as you left it. Well, as you remember it. Dora's room. How old is Dora? She's like nine or ten. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's one of the reasons why Hannah and Kenny kind of get on well is because she reminds him of Dora. So, a preteen's bedroom... One of those bunk beds that Melissa and Dora used to share nowadays has been converted into a solo bed for Dora. There's cuddly toys collected over the years. There's Mr. Frostyberg in the corner. There's Mr. Frostyberg, the penguin, her (laughs) favourite of all the toys. And a hedgehog. It's a compromising position, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) And then obviously there's that wardrobe, which where Cornelius had been lurking. And Dora's there. 
Do, think, do we think anyone else is in the room, or is it just... Oh, just Cornelius. Gone? Have you seen my friend the Baron? He's <laughs> waiting to meet up before I'm, we left. I'm, just, I'm so lost. <laughs> We're sort of the same character. I can't really remember. It's just I think it's Dora. Just Dora. The window has been cracked by your, your mother, Kenny. She farted in there earlier and was like, ooh, I need to <laughs> crack that window it. out. Just, I feel bad. I can't blame it on the kid. <laughs> I assume she kept her sense of smell. I'm not sure, but I, I have to make the assumption. So there's a soft breeze rolling in. Also on the nightstand next to Dora's bed, Kenny, you see the letter that you'd written her back yeah. on the uh, on the flash mullet before you dropped off Melissa. Melissa's obviously left that next to her bed. I think Kenny stands and, and looks at her for a minute. There's, there's been a weight on Kenny since seeing her nearly be killed. For just a split second, he he's, feels a bit lighter. She is still alive. He needed to come to terms with that. He slowly sort of enters the room and uh, picks up the letter and sort of thinks back to a time where he was optimistic. And I can't remember exactly what the letter said right now, but I'm pretty sure it said stuff like, I'm on the right path, I'm doing... You know, I've met some great people. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And, of... and, and it was quite positive. His hands start to sort of shake as he as he sort of reads it and puts it back beside her. And I think he just takes her hand. He takes one of her hands in both of his and kind of like kneels at, at the bed and just sort of stares at her face. You see the, the soft breathing in and out of Dora. Kenny has a Pokemon out with him. Okay. Oh, well, who's Kenny's active team? Kenny, this may not be a combat scene, but we're doing everyone else's, so who's with you? Well, definitely Decidueye. I think Kamoa came out in Bash and Heron scene, so... Sure, King Thrush. Let's bring back an old favourite, Moustache. Nice. Now he's serious. And then it's between Hoops and um, Honchcrow and... Listeners, vote in the Spotify poll. <laughs> no, I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. Wait, 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 take... Tom. Does that mean we now have to like record two different podcasts from yeah. this point so that we yeah. can? Okay, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Understood. Right. Okay. So this is path A, Ali. Next week we'll do path B. <laughs> I like what Tom did. Let's go with. Let's go with Fedora. All right. Who's out with you of those four? Decidueye. 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 You know, one thing I, I, one thing I never understood, Bowtie. Why has this happened to Dora? Why is she in a coma? I didn't do anything, or at least I didn't think I did. And yet, it happened the day that I left. So I feel like it must be connected to me somehow. And you know what? A little bit of me thought maybe, maybe if I came back home, that she might wake up. But look, here she is. She's still in exactly the same position. But why? I don't understand why she's comatose. Desidui leans into Dora, nestles some feathers against Dora's quiet comatose frame and then looks back at you Kenny there's one of Dora's scrunchies also on her nightstand not the scrunchie just another scrunchie don't go near it to Bowtie <laughs> don't you dare and Bowtie goes <laughs> but she picks up the, the scrunchie and actually puts it on one of her feathers and indicates herself as if to say you, you have a conduit now Kenny it's me I'm here with you maybe what you were lacking then you have now so what do you think I could... You think I could wake you up? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, talk in, talk talk in your other voice, Desidueye. The one where I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Don't look at me. No, I mean, look, she doesn't look like, do this, it's going to work. But she's just giving you that, like, look, we had, a, we had a moment at the end of the core in which we found a connection. A connection that had been referenced by Hillary, referenced by Theo. I'm not saying this journey is complete, Kenny, but it could be worth a try. <laughs>
Tisujiwai. Hey, Botoy. Have you ever been into a mine palace? I think Genny's going to try to enter Dora's mine palace. <gasps> oh, my word. Here we go. Didn't realise we were starting a new arc today. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, Ali's like, oh, I wish I, was, oh, I wish I was doing combat. And there's like, also, I actually want to go into a mine palace. <laughs> yeah. No, I, this is the thing. I didn't think I would, but here we are. Slow King appears at the door just going, I don't know if that's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> A slake, another slaking, fled through the door. Wait! <laughs> if you fail, Kobo <laughs> has been hit by a plague of slakings. <laughs> that's the new arc. That's one of the old... It's like the pharaoh in the, in the Egyptian one. It just gets the seventh now that's plague. That's a sign from the gods. The plague of slakings. Okay, Kenny, let's let's do a roll. Let's, let's, do a, let's do a weird roll. Yeah, okay. It's a weird roll. All right, let's just roll it and see what happens. So I'm plus three in weird these days. This is that conduit, baby. This is that conduit, and you know what? It I rolled a nine plus a three, so Whoa. it's a twelve. Sweet conduit, baby. I guess we're going in, aren't we? I guess we are. So you want to go inside Dora's mind, basically? Yeah. I don't know if Kenny's. Oh no, Kenny did do that, didn't he, with um, Eliza? So he has. Yeah. He has previous. You've done that before. And Andros. Yeah, and Andros. And Andros. Oh, yeah, Kenny's an old hand at this. This is so in your wheelhouse. Okay, Kenny, what does it look like? What does it look like being sucked into Dora's Mind Palace? And indeed, what kind of space do you find yourself in? Whenever we've done it in the past, it always it, it always just looks like Kenny's kind of just sleeping, eyes roll back like he's been possessed. On the outside, I'm going to say that in the past, Kenny had always gone into his own Mind Palace, whereas this time he's going into someone else's. I think he goes a little bit translucent. I think he and Bowtie, because Bowtie is going in with him. That's so cool. So it's almost like Kenny static. It's like yeah. he's sort of blinking in and out of existence. And then on the inside, what Kenny and Bowtie see, Kenny is confronted with an evil version of himself. Holy shinks! Wow. What? Yeah. It's what, that's what's trapping Dora. I, I love this. Okay, so we're in this black, ickery space. And what we see is a vision of that night at the fair. Ooh, a, ver yeah, a, version, a version of the night at the fair. It's not the fair. It's not Brandy's fair. Or is it? Brandy's there. <laughs> Brandy and Leo are just in the background oh just God. having a moment. It's, uh, like the timelines, do the timelines. No, you're right. I think it is the same fair, though. I think it's this travelling fair. That, the that, big town fair. The big town fair that obviously travelled around and came around. I think it's obviously it's the same fair. It's just a different year. We see the moment where these, these kids had been tormenting you, Kenny, and you had been unable to control your vomity, poker powery substance and had unleashed. But unfortunately, Dora, trying to hold you back and stop you, had taken the brunt of the, the powers. But it's frozen in time. A 3D painting. Maybe this is also flickering in static, just like Kenny was on the outside. Moment, Kenny's face in anguish, Dora recoiling in pain, part of her face hit by this plasmatic burst. The bullies recoiling in fear at this monstrous visage of Kenny Mullet at his most dangerous. And the scene is quiet. All you can hear, Kenny, is this. and this slightly oozing slime of the black sludge before you. But as you approach the scene, Bowtie the Decidui, clutching at your shirt, Kenny, in fear. You see that from the image of you, static, unleashing poker powers in this picture, a shadowy, black, ickery version of yourself removes itself from the image, almost like a person coming apart at the seams, and gains its own form of agency, and takes a moment as it moves 
its black limbs, and then turns to you, Kenny, with white eyes, no pupils, no irises. Hello, I'm Ken Mullet. It's about time we met face to face. Sweet, sweet something. That's so wow. Okay. Just chuck that at me, why don't you? Yeah, there's an evil Kenny. In my in my head. And I want I want to do that right now. Go. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ali. Cannot wait for you to hear the next episode, what happens after this. It's a game changer, I guess. There are two more episodes now of Baneful Bunker. There's the next one and then the one after it. Yeah, that is the first arc of our fourth season. Done. Hope you're enjoying it. Big thank yous, of course, at the end of the episode to Braxton Burke's Materia Collective and Glitch X City for some music is heard in the episode. Quick shout out as well to go and follow, subscribe to Glitch X City if you're not already on YouTube. Uh, she suffered some kind of hack recently and lost a load of revenue and subscribers. So go and support Glitch and show some cryptic love. Epidemic Sound, thank you for the sound effects and some of the other incidental music that's in the episode as well. Couldn't do this without you, of course. We are fan-made and not-for-profit, but thank you to Junichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri for creating Pokemon. Thank you for your, your pillars. We, we are but merely boulders on the shoulders of giants. Baldors? Uh, and of course, thank you to our producers, uh, the the patrons. Uh, they make they honestly, honestly, I know I've harped on about this so many times recently, but they do make the show possible right now. Uh, honestly, yeah, thank you for for keeping us going. Thank you, Mister Man. Thank you, Anorak. Thank you, Purple Turkey. Thank you, Toffee Apple. Thank you, Revel. Thank you, Brandon Wood, Tommy Portillo, Aidan Clark, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dowker, My Cabbages, Dr. Rani, Jerembi's Mum, Degeezy, Alex W, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Chivales, Jam, Heather L. Snell, Betsy Lewin Lay, Darius Chakowsky, Poker Dash, Tom Dale, Audrey Resendis, Ellie Lieberman, Jerembi, Carrie Morrison, Scott M, Dr. Mega Man PhD, Haikili, Kaika Pink Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Trigula, Josh Anderson, Alchemage, Cesar Trevino, Force Majeure, <gasps> Ryan Mitchell, Cran- and Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, Alistair Collinson. Thought I could do it in one breath at the end there, and I, I really bailed when I realised there was more to scroll. Thank you as well to Inclusive Investor, who was a champion tier patron and submitted the previously for our episode today. Thank you so, so much. As you hopefully already know, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash critical ditto. Get tons of bonus content there, as well as the champion tier privileges like the, the aforementioned previously and the midsection priority and you can also follow us on twitter at critical ditto on instagram at critical ditto pod or go to our discord uh link is in the episode notes i think that's it from me for today so i've got to thank i've got to thank ali tom and david for being just the best best people to be doing a incredibly time intensive creative endeavor like this with you guys make it all all so easy and so so worth it and fun thanks for keeping it fun even now even this far in And with that, I bid you adieu, Gong. Remember, adventure is out there. You have just got to step into the tall grass.
But Glaceon's your favourite, Tom. It is, but it's not. What does that say about say you? Someone's, someone's a Glaceon. Um, I like Glaceon for other reasons. Why do you like Glaceon, Tom? Well, I Let's like get into that. their shape. And Whoa, we'll say no more. what? Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I like the curvature of the Glaceon. <laughs> so aerodynamic. I like my Glaceon thick. <laughs> 